Welcome aboard, everybody. It is the Loftus Party Podcast. I am the host. My name is Michael. Thank you so much for being here. Wonderful show for you. I got a huge, we've always got a, we've always got a full plate, as they say. But I'm going to give you this week, sure, we're going to hit on some pop culture stuff, of course. Can I, can I talk about The Mandalorian? Sure. Do I have thoughts on Wakanda forever that's now streaming? Yes, I do. However, I think we got to talk a little bit about the CPAC. Mm-hmm. Because yours truly was there with a nice crew from the America First Warehouse. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm going to tell you guys some stories. The people I meet. The things I did. All of that good stuff. And I got to... I'm going to chime in on uh, this whole Dilbert uh, thing. Yeah, the Scott Adams, that dude. So that's that's part of what's on the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about Trump, a whole lot about uh, the Biden family. There's a lot of show. And then, because I know you are all are worried, we were talking about a, a new theme song. I might have it. You're talking about a podcast. See, that's what I like about it. It's kind of like a, uh, a little shout out to Tom Petty because you got the. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> I love it. That might be too fancy. It's a little eagleies, you know, eagles. But it's a podcast. The Loftus Party Podcast. What's new this week? Let's talk about the news in the podcast. The Loftus Party Podcast. So get off your ass. <laughs> Shake it for me. Well, you don't know what we're gonna talk about. You don't know what's gonna happen. And I can't think of anything that rhymes with happenstance. No. <laughs> I wrote that for you guys, but I do like it. I actually do. It's, it doesn't get better for me than it's a, it's a podcast. The Loftus Party podcast. All right, I'm being self-indulgent. Let's talk about uh, the big things first. As I put the guitar somewhere where it won't fall down, hopefully. I was at CPAC. I was there with the America First Warehouse, the wonderful people, the studio space. That's where we uh, we shoot episodes for uh, that sh- that show tonight. It's where I do the live stream, all those wonderful things. Oh, and also uh, Patreon people. Yes, you're going to get the extra segment. Of course you are. I invite everybody uh, to become a, uh, a Patreon person because they're the best. They really are. Uh, okay, so let's talk, let's talk a little bit about CPAC. And there was a lot of, uh, first of all, it's always fun. It's always fun, just right out of the gate. The the movers and the shakers, the big wigs are always there. The people who are, you know, trying to, you know, make it happen and get some more attention and all that stuff. It's it's all good, you know. People are 
There's panel discussions and people are selling books. Here's what I like about it. It's the um, it's the one-on-one stuff. It's it's the meeting people. It's the talking to people, and you know, and letting other people go. <laughs> Some people you just don't want to bug. You, you really don't. I, I had I wanted a huge shout out to everybody who pulled me to the side and was like, "Hey, aren't you that Michael Loftus guy? I see you on you know Gutfeld, and you're so funny, and I love." I had a dude. This guy, special shout out to this guy. I'm coming up the escalator. Dude is going down and he's like, oh, oh. And I can see he's trying to figure out who my name is, (laughs) you know, but he knows he recognizes me from somewhere, but he's doing the point thing. He's like, oh, oh. And then he gets to the bottom of the escalator. I'm like, that's cool, dude. I'll wait. I'll wait because I could tell he wanted to talk. And he just like screams out, I love the Loftus party. (laughs) And that was that was the best. That was the best. That was the feel-good moment of uh, CPAC. So everybody, yeah, we, oh, I hung out. I talked to that guy for a while. And, uh, you know, he wanted a picture. We, I'm always happy. Always happy to do that. Never never feel bad about that stuff. Mm. And to the moonshine dude, this is the second CPAC. I've run into this dude. I want to say he's from... Dude, I know you're from uh, Michigan. I think you're from the Detroit area. Dude makes moonshine. And uh, I just took a sniff. He had several varieties. Now, when I start talking about moonshine, you're thinking like, uh, ooh, it's that it's that super clear liquid that uh, some hillbilly makes out in the swamp and it's uh, you're going to go blonde. Kind of, yeah, that is kind of... <laughs> This guy, though, has, like, flavors. I've had moonshine a couple times. And you feel like, oh, I've just done permanent damage to my stomach and permanent damage to my guts because it just burns like crazy. This dude, I'm telling you, had, uh, like, varietals of the moonshine. And the one that I took, I took a big sniff of this stuff, butterscotch, and holy crap, It smelled so good. And this guy's just walking around being very generous. Hey, who wants the taste of this? That uh, It's so great. It's so great to have a dude that you run into. Uh, He's a funny guy. And he's got a boatload. He's in the moonshine business. Those are my people. Those are my people. With the funny memes and the moonshine and the the rock and roll. The (laughs) very strong taste in music. So anyway... Uh, to everyone out there, fantastic times, good times. Now let's get to the the nuts and bolts here of the uh, of the CPAC. Was it a little light this year? I would say yes. I would say yes. Uh, and I think a couple different things are happening. Numero uno, it's the uh, it's the end of February. It's the beginning of March. And uh, CPAC is back in D.C. They've got a huge contract with this resort, the Gaylord. I think it's a 10-year contract, so they're, they're kind of stuck, right? They can't move. I think everybody who went to Orlando uh, for the lockdown CPACs, you, you, you used to just see like, wow, it's nice down here. It, it was really nice to be able to go outside, sunshine. You can hit the pool if you had the time. 
you could go out and do stuff. And it just it shows you why Orlando and, and Florida is such a tourist destination. Orlando and Florida, tourist destination. DC, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Especially when it's not like a big step up in the weather. You're like, it's a totally lateral move. You're like, wow, it's kind of cold, kind of wet, and kind of rainy here. Hmm, I wonder what it's going to be like in D.C. Kind of cold, kind of wet, kind of rainy. So, who knows what they'll do next year. But everyone is trying to spin this. And I probably should have, I probably should have led with this. Everybody's trying to spin this like it's people are making political decisions. They're like, oh, DeSantis isn't going to be there. So, mmm, that's why people are not there. Or, uh, ooh, Fox News isn't going to be there. So, mmm, something must be going on. Ooh, I guess that's why. And they're going to try to spin these numbers like it's some big uh, political decision, which I really don't think it is. Another thing to take into account is the, pardon my French, the fucking economy. It's expensive. You want to go You want to go out of town? Let's say you're working your ass off, which I'm sure we all are. You're really hustling, and you're socking away some money. You're living paycheck to paycheck, but you can squirrel away a couple bucks here and there. And you're like, ooh, you know what we're going to do? We're, we are going to take a vacation. We got to get away at some point this year. Maybe it's just you, you and the missus. You and and that special someone, you're like, yeah, we're going to get out of town for a while. We're going to get freaky deaky in a hotel room. So what are you going to do? You're going to spend, you're going to spend a couple grand on going to DC and, and, and attending something you can see on television and not go on your vacation. I think people are making hard choices. I think they're making hard choices. A lot of people. You know, you're you're politically minded. You want to know what's going on. Oh, my goodness. I will watch uh, the CPAC coverage on on the Real America's Voice. I'm going to watch some uh, Ed Henry stuff. I'm going to watch some John Solomon coverage. I'm going to watch live coverage of all of the of the speeches. Right. Yeah, that's a huge chunk of cash. I'm not going to get into what the rooms were, but hey, it's a little pricey. Once again, I think that speaks to the Orlando of it all. Okay, so I don't put any merit in and anybody going, ooh, and you know they're going to do it. Ooh, CPAC attendance was blah, blah, blah. Well, whatever. It doesn't bother me at all. Let's talk about the big man, the big guy. Trump, the Donald. He gave his speech, it's his closing night. He won the straw poll hugely, bigly. And this goes, he said something in a speech, which I think we should spend some time on just a little bit. Uh, Donald J. Trump, the former president on Saturday, closing remarks at CPAC said he would obliterate the deep state if elected president. That's worth saying again. He would obliterate the deep state if elected president. Dude, uh, you got my vote. You got my vote. I don't hear anybody else talking about that. And this is why, in my opinion, in an opinion of uh, uh, my, uh, my little guitar jam, too, uh, that's why they couldn't have him 
win again. That's why if you've got a way uh, to make sure your candidate wins, you wanted to do that. You had to make sure, or yeah, you did. Hey! The deep state, obliterate the deep state. You have to. That's, um, that's what they're all terrified of. Come on. The federal government is way too big. I was, I was on the uh, Ed Henry show. They, they have this new thing called Happy Hour that they're doing over at Real America's Voice. Did a couple of those. And on one of them, uh, you're hard-pressed. Try to think of a federal agency that's just really knocking it out of the park. That's really just crushing it. You can't. They're all failing. They all suck. They all are not getting the job done. You got a huge segment of our society that works for the federal government, has a government job, and they are always going to vote in their best interest. They're going to go, ooh, I'm going to vote for that guy who's going to make the government bigger. So we keep feeding this machine that is failing on every level. We have got the sooner we chop it down, the better. And that's the last thing that they want to have happen. The Department of Justice doesn't want that to happen. The FBI doesn't want that to happen. The CIA, the military-industrial complex doesn't want that to happen. The Department of Energy, the Department of Education, all of them, all of them don't want somebody to come in there. That is a tough gig when you're like, I am going to actively make this shit show smaller. That's a tough one. And that's why we got a rally. Mm. One of the other things we're going to talk about is this uh, January 6th thing. It just occurred to me as I was saying it. I'll give you guys the inside scoop on uh, the the January 6th prisoners and something wonderful that's happening there that we're going to be a part of. But let's keep going on uh, for a few more minutes about uh, CPAC. We might have to come back after the break and get back into it. Trump's speech was very good. He's He's a very entertaining guy. And... I voted for him last time. I don't see myself voting for anybody else this time. And I'm and I really I'm not going to get bent out of shape. I'm not going to get my man panties in a twist. <laughs> I'm not going to get my man panties in a twist. I got to write that down. He is the guy. You couldn't dial it up any better. You couldn't dial it up. It's going to be a little rah rah here, okay? Getting a little Trumpy here. I'm sure we we all know this, and hopefully we all agree. Things were fantastic during the Trump administration. In terms of the country, in terms of jobs, in terms of uh, wages, and all of that stuff. By every metric, he didn't start any new wars. He had plans to get us out. He had a good plan to get us out of Afghanistan. He was a brokered a peace deal in the Middle East. Mainstream media was trying to tell you that it was all just going to hell in a handbasket. That was just their complete and total, oh, he's a racist, it's going bad, bah, 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 bah. And a lot of people listen to that. You know it's true. I got some friends who would like, after a while, you buy into it. It's like, the, it's like that, uh, that Chinese water torture. They cannot have an outsider coming in with fresh eyes. 
and going, this is crazy. What we're doing now as a country, as a people, is just fucking bonkers. And anybody walking around in the this here United States of America, we all know it. We all know it. They're going to try to convince us that, oh, yeah, this is a, oh, Biden is the victim of circumstance. No, no, no. We all know that's bullshit. And we need, it's just, here's the perfection of it. So Trump was in there, right? He could have fired a lot more people. He could have done a lot of things differently with his cabinet, you know, and and if wishes and butts were freaking candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas time tomorrow. What happened, happened. He got steered in some bad directions by a handful of people. And, and if you don't think that the dude learns from experience, I, I don't know. You don't think you don't think he he's able to learn on the fly, you know, with his with his uh, construction empire and his other businesses and building that fortune and maintaining that fortune and all that. If anybody's going to learn on the job, it's uh, it's the Donald. They're terrified of him getting back in there because then he's got nothing to lose. <laughs> then it's just, then it is going to get real. Then we can solve a lot of this crap really fast. Okay, I'm fired up. We've got uh, some more CPAC stuff coming up for you. I'm going to talk about the January 6th thing and Freedom Corner and Ashley Babbitt's mom. And I briefly met her. Great lady. We're going to try to squeeze this uh, Scott Adams racist in there. Wakanda Forever, Mandalorian. Uh, some cr- a crazy story coming out of England. And I will try to figure out uh, more ways to sneak that in without annoying you to death. So stick around now for another segment of podcast. We'll shake that ass and wear a smile. So come right back after this boner pill ad. It'll make you glad you had a boner in the first place. We'll be right back. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602.
so many things happen in the brief time that we're apart. Here's, I'm like, ooh, I want to come back from the break with something fun. So I started doing that again, right? I was like, oh, we'll come back and I'll do this again. But then I'm like, ooh, let's spice it up. So I added a, uh, and I'm like, what does that remind me of? You're probably guessing right now at home. And then it hit me. Here it goes. Now, now, from now on, it's a it's a podcast. Da, 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 da. But here's where it was going in my head. It's another tequila sunrise. Dan, 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 dan. I don't know. <laughs> so listen, don't sue me, Don Henley. Don't sue me, friggin' Joe Walsh, you magnificent bastard. Cause it's a podcast. We're gonna finish up with, uh, we're gonna unwad, we're gonna unwad our panties. Panties. Do you hate that word? Is that a hate word? Like nipples? Nipples and panties. Okay. Uh, a little bit, we're gonna finish up on CPAC. It was fun. Here's some, uh, here's, I'll just tell you some fun little behind the scenes stories. So, uh, right out of the gate, right out of the gate, um, who did I see first? And I was like, whoa, here we go. It might've been, uh, it might've been Don Jr. Don Jr. said hey to, oh, and Jack uh, Posobiec. I think that's how you say his name. Jack Posobiec. Uh, very cool dude. I think he was doing a show over on Real America's Voice as well. So then I'm running into people I know. I'm, you know, saying hey to Kurt Schlichter, uh, that dude, who was a guest on this very podcast many, many moons ago in another iteration. The most fun was uh, I'm outside uh, having a smoke one morning, having a coffee, having a butt. I know, I know. Don't start. Don't start. And who comes out? But it's uh, it's the old uh, Nigel Farage from England. And he's got his people there with him. A couple security dudes. I do not blame you, Nigel Farage. I would have security too. So I go over to put my... Uh, he's standing over there by the ashtray. I go to throw my cigarette out as I finish. And I'm like, uh, you giving a speech today? And... Uh, He's like, he, he nods, yeah. And I'm like, first one, don't be nervous. I think you got this. <laughs> he laughed. So Nigel Farage understands that I have a sense of humor and he appreciates it. Okay, so here comes another one. So I'm out up late uh, one night uh, hanging out with, with, with my pals uh, from the America First Warehouse, which they had, a, they had an amazing CPAC. Those guys, Joe the Box, John the Blanket, those guys were the bell of the ball. They were like on on Steve Bannon's war room. They were interviewed everywhere. They were just uh, charisma machines. So we're all up kind of late one night. Some of those guys are peeling off. They're going to go back to the room. Uh, and I met this fantastic human being. Uh, and I'll let her name. Her name was Joy. And I think she's from Delaware. 
she's living in the in like the belly of the beast there in Joe Biden country. But we're having an amazing conversation about like rock and roll and the Stones and just freaking nice, you know. That's one of the things that I love about this podcast. That's what I love about the Loftus Party and everything that we're doing. Like if it's all politics, you're going to go fucking mental. And then what are you living for? What are you, what are you trying – like to, let's say we fix all this shit tomorrow. Then what are you doing? Then what makes your feet hit the floor, right? Then what puts a spring in your step and, you know, makes your freaking booty jiggle? So think about that, right? You, got, well, you always got to have a side hustle. So uh, we're hanging out. I step out. I'm on my way out to have yet another cigarette. It's very late at night. Who comes walking in? Carrie Lake. Mm-hmm. Carrie Lake with some papers. So I, uh, I do the, I do the old finger point, like the hey. I didn't, I didn't go. I didn't do finger guns. I thought that was a little bit much, but I did the point, and I just like Carrie Lake, and she looks up at me, and she, she does the automatic like hey you, which is a great good. It's a great cover. If you ever run into somebody and you're not sure of what their name is, give them a, hey, you. It's perfect. So that's what she does. She goes, hey, you. And I'm like, you keep rocking, mama. <laughs> and and bless her heart, she didn't flinch. She broke it. She had a great big smile. I don't know how I don't know how often Carrie, Carrie Lake gets the, you keep rocking, mama. But she got one from me. <laughs> so I'm heading out. Uh, and I'm like, that was cool. Kind of had a little... Uh, running with Carrie Lake there. And then right behind her, there's Nigel Farage again. And I'm like, Nigel, great speech. And he's like, oh, and he pretended to remember me. That was very nice of him. Then right behind that dude, here comes Don Jr., right? And that dude, he's on his way to the room. He was beat. I think he put in a long day. I didn't even say nothing. And then a few paces behind him was one Kimberly Guilfoyle. And there was a, like a little hitch in the giddy-up, a little... There was like a, they had some, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's like a plastic thing that was going over between the lip of the entryway. And she almost, she almost tumbled. She did. And I'm like, don't worry, I got you. And she's, she, yes, Kimberly was appreciative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Had a great time on John Solomon's show. Had a great time on the Ed Henry show. Everybody over there at uh, Real America's Voice were just fantastic. And that was cool. And I tell you what, I was on Ed Henry's show. And uh, it was a live thing. And we had to take a little break because Steve Bannon was on stage. And if you get a chance, go back and watch Steve Bannon's speech. That dude was crushing I don't know exactly what he was saying because I was in the middle of doing a live TV thing. But as a comedian, I'm telling you, when you're a comedian, you're backstage and you hear the audience going wild and you haven't gone on stage yet. You have to go up next. You're like, ooh, that somebody was telling something good. And then you hear another big round of applause. You're like, ooh, maybe I'm, I'm going to have to take a look and see what this, this uh, person is talking about just so I can know. Steve Bannon was just wrecking it it was like he was getting multiple standing ovations he would say something the crowd would go nuts they would stand up and cheer 
They would take their seats. He'd keep going. And 30 seconds later, they'd be on their feet. I'm not, no bullshit. On their feet again. It was awesome. More of that, please. More of that, please. We got to keep the optimism flowing. We got to keep the optimism flowing because these people know what they're doing. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you about uh, some, this happened this morning with uh, it, these these messages got leaked in the UK. We're going to get into that. And this is the, uh, the, the, uh, the United Kingdom Health Minister, Matt Hancock. We'll be speaking about him. So that's that's my little teaser uh, for that. But that might have to be Patreon because we got to talk a little bit. Oh, no, we got some time. We got some time. Talk a little bit about these uh, January 6th prisoners. So as you know, CPAC was in D.C. And as you also know, they have a lot of great live events at the America First Warehouse. One of their events uh, a while back was with uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom, Mickey. I was not at that event, but uh, but Joe and then the gang over there at the warehouse, they, they did a thing and I'm sure it was wonderful. I'm sure it was wonderful. But he's got her number, right? Like literally, you can text her and stuff. So we get into town and Joe shoots her a text What's and she's like, oh, you guys have to come out, blah, 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 blah. They have a, uh, a setup by the DC jail. And it's uh it's Mickey Babbitt has it. She's got a great group of people that are there supporting her. So to make a long story short, we made it out there on the on the second night. The first night we went to the wrong spot. It's difficult to find. And I'm sure you guys are all going to want to go out and you really should go out. It's by the DC jail uh in the back there's like a, there's a graveyard. It's it's this weird, there's a corner, there's a street that goes back and then there's a little corner. And on the right-hand side, there's a, like an old-timey, old-timey uh, cemetery, like a little wall separating it. And then you've got the jail and the cop cars and all the stuff. And then you have a small handful of people out there protesting these uh, political prisoners from January 6th. Now, I don't know every single prisoner's, I don't know what the charges are or any of this stuff. All I know is this. I'm pretty sure in America, you, you get uh, a speedy trial, right? Isn't that one of the things? You get, to, you get to have your day in court and all this stuff. These dudes have been locked up. And the, and the, the charges, I think, are all like the real loosey-goosey, you know, sedition or, or whatever. And these are people who are uh, very vocal about their innocence, very vocal about, uh, you know, where they were and what they did and saying they have video proof and all this other stuff. But at the very least, you, you get a speedy trial. And these guys have been sitting in, in these cells for, what, three years now? Two and a half years? It's a freaking long time. So it's a cold, rainy night. And we're out there on this corner, which which they're calling Freedom Corner. And some of the coolest, nicest, sweetest people I, I, you, you'd ever want to meet. And they've got like little tents set up to keep the rain off you. 
and they got little propane heaters that help keep you warm. They got coffee and stuff. And they they open up every night. It's, it was wild. And it was great. And it was really uh, eye-opening. It was a good thing for my soul to go. And I, and I, I don't want to get too, you know, like melancholy or deep or anything. But uh, it w- I was so super happy we went. They're out there every night, you guys. Every night. I believe it starts at 7 o'clock. It starts at 7 o'clock, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they live stream it. These guys have a little Wi-Fi hookup thing. I don't know how they work this magic, they, they, but they got Wi-Fi, they live stream it, and then the guys who are locked up, and they're all locked up like on the first floor, they have this whole row, row of, of cells, they'll flash their lights to let you know, yeah, we're here, we're watching, we're listening, we're watching, we're li-, you know, they can see the 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 people on Freedom Corner out there. So there's the Pledge of Allegiance, and then these guys, they save up their phone time, and then they call in, they talk about how they're doing, and how, you know, the just the, the, the awareness that's being raised, you know, keeps them going. I can't imagine it being locked up for something. You're like, okay, so, yep, I was protesting. Yep, I was there. Yep, I was standing right by this doorway. And now all of a sudden, your life gets turned upside down and you're in a cell all by yourself. And it's been years? Nope. Nope. And then you know there's video that exonerates you, and the, and the, and the people that that joke of a committee, they're being they're doing the selective editing with their video. Oh, nope, nope, and nope. And I can see where, you know, with the power of the media, and all that stuff, and their giant machine of you know insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. It is kind of like a hot potato, if you're like a professional politician. Right, you kind of ooh, I don't know if I, and that's what they're—they're they're, they're afraid. They're afraid. However, I am convinced that if enough people showed up at that Freedom Corner every night with 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 Mickey and the rest of the gang there, there's this little fire plug of this girl. I think I don't know if she's a former Marine. She's like like she's like five foot nothing, but just like a spark plug of a human being. And just awesome, just an awesome cheerleader for freedom and goodness and don't give up and go, go. She is who you want on your team. It's fantastic. I guarantee you if there was a huge crowd of people out there every night and everybody's taking video and everybody started talking about it, you'd get results. You'd get results. I didn't invent that. That's just the way it is. But if you look at like uh, Black Lives Matter, that didn't happen overnight. They, they, they really, and they know it too. That's the secret sauce. You get enough people active and you get results. That's just the way it is. Enough people start screaming, shit will start changing really fast. So I'm gonna be more active on the, uh, on the website. And you gotta be careful, I'll say this. Uh, we might go a little bit long here before we go into Patreon because I got I got to tease this uh, crazy article in the uh, the Telegraph. But you got to be aware of there's a lot of dudes out there. I say dudes. Uh, 
they're, they're the worst people. They're scum. They're, they're trying to make money off of this whole January 6th thing. And they're like, you know, and the one thing I know about people on, on the right, I guess I'll say people on the left too. Uh, Americans in general, we're very giving. We're very giving people. If we see somebody who's hurt, you know, it's like, oh shit, there was a hurricane over in, you know, Senegal or whatever. We got to give, we got to send donations. But Americans give. We're we very, very cool with that. So when there's these political prisoners, these January 6th dudes, there's a lot of people out there, oh, I'm going to represent them and I'm in touch with a lawyer who's doing X, Y, and Z. I'm telling you right now, kids, do your research. Do your research. Because in talking with uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom, Mickey, uh, you know, we did a little bit of research online. So, hey, is this is this lawyer? Because I want to direct traffic, you know? You know, faith without actions is dead. I want to I want to get people motivated. I want to start getting getting going on this. And so doing research and like, is this is this lawyer associated with you guys? And, and Mickey's like, nope, nope. I have no idea who that is. I have. She's like, there's one. There's there's a give, send, go that uh, she and her group use. That's it. So if somebody starts hitting you up online, like, oh, I'm a lawyer and I'm representing, uh, you know, the January 6th. Maybe they're legit. Make sure. Here's what you got to do. You got to you got to move over to Patreon. You got to come on over. You have to cuz I'm going to talk about this crazy story about uh media and and how they try to persuade people and and make us make emotional decisions. This uh story came out today uh in the Telegraph UK. And it's all about uh have you heard of the the the, the WhatsApp that app, the, the Messenger app, the WhatsApp. Well, somebody leaked a bunch of these uh, messages, and this deals with the the health minister in the UK, uh, Matt Hancock, and how uh, he was talking, chatting to uh, one Damon Poole about how to get get proper behavior change from the public. How to get proper, how to frighten the pants out of everyone in order to get the proper behavior change in the public's compliance with lockdown measures. And you here, I'll go through, I'm going to go through the messages. And we're going to, we're going to tear it up one side and down the other. And then we're also, golly day, it's going to be a big Patreon segment. We got to talk about uh, what's going on with this, all the, the fuss over this uh, Dilbert Scott Adams thing and a little Wakanda forever and oh my goodness there's lots there's lots there's lots and lots so come back my friends and be a Patreon you get a t-shirt you get lots of extra stuff and there's more and more Coming to the dance floor. <laughs> You're fantastic. Ooh, why are those pants still on? We will see you over on the Patreon segment. Wah! <laughs>